Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of Effie Church, and this is our podcast. a good one. It's been a good series, too. Have you all been here for the past few weeks for the battle series? It's been good, and we have one more week left, but we thought, what better way to celebrate Easter, right? Jesus won the ultimate battle on the cross and by resurrecting himself through his own power, and so it's an overcomer weekend. It is a good battle weekend. It's a celebration. Amen? Today we have a special treat for you on this beautiful Easter morning. We have a special guest speaker today, and he goes a long way back with us as a church. Now, if you've been new around here the past two years, you might not know him. Two years ago is the last time he was with us, but he's been with us for many, many years. We're always blessed when he comes to speak, and he is an evangelist, right? It's a gift to the church, and we love to receive from that gift, and so I hope that you feel empowered after today. I hope that, you know, we're a vibrant, passionate, selfless church, and I hope a little of his passion rubs off on us this morning. Yes? Are you ready? Okay. Let's welcome Johannes Amritzer. The accent you hear is the Arnold Schwarzenegger accent. Yeah, there was a police officer that told me once when I came to America, it's a cute accent you have there. I said, it's not a cute accent, it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger accent. Come on. But yeah. Yesterday, now let me see, Friday when I came in, he asked me, the police officer, so how long are you going to stay? Two days. Two days? You made this long trip for two days? said, I'm kind of going to a very special church, I said. Very special church. Freedom Valley. Uh, and I've been friends with this church for many years, as Pastor Candace was telling us. But before I've been here, it's always been Gary and Julie that has invited me. But this time, it has been Candace and Aaron that has invited me. Your new pastor's couple. Can we give it up for them? Come on. Yeah. So, awesome to be with you. Okay, I'm going to tell a little, bit about, a little bit more about myself as I go. Let me see. How many of you have met me before? Let me see. Here are my friends. Okay. Who do I meet for the first time today? Come on, come on. Hello there. Come on, wave at me. Where have you been my whole life? Hey. Awesome, awesome. So, um, well, I will introduce myself a little bit as I go. But uh, I have brought a number of books. I've been written uh, a number of books. And someone has been kind to translate them into English. Isn't that good? Huh? Because it would have been hard for you to read them in German or Swedish, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, my mother tongue is Austrian German. Uh, and I was always drunk in English class in school. I'll tell more about my story. I did not grow up in church. And I hated my English teacher, a Scottish teacher. That looked over her, her, 
glasses like this and always made fun of my Austrian German accent. Then I married a good-looking Swedish girl. How many of you know? Yeah. You know some of you know that if you want to have <clears throat> hot girls, you go up north in Europe. Huh? I did. And I've been chasing her around. We got three kids. They're all adults now, but that's the story. And then I've been active in Africa as a missionary for many, many years. Brought some of my team members with me here. We got uh, Suzette and we got Josie. Why don't you stand up? Come on. <laughs> Josie from Rwanda. Suzette from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And Josie and me, we, we, we always say once you go black, you never go back. <laughs> and I am, I am I'm an African missionary for over 25 years. So if, if you go too white suburban on me, you will make me very nervous. You understand that? All right. Okay, I've written a number of books, like I said, and we have them here for sale. Uh, my latest book that came out since I was here the last time is called More Than Enough. Do we have any one of them left? They are all gone. Okay. But I got some few books. Here is one called Priest for Those That Don't Go to Church. And I'm going to give it away to the fastest, the boldest. All right. That was very good. <laughs> all right. Okay, are you guys ready? Well, some of you sniffed it, right, uh, that I did not grow up in church. And I said that. My story is this, that my mama had a problem of drinking, so she couldn't take care of us. Uh, and I know it's, it's a huge problem here, too. That's why I'm so thankful you are building this freedom house, beating addictions. I uh, was celebrating Christmas with my mama sober for the first time when I was 22. She was sober. I was sober. It was an amazing time. Uh, but I come out of that scene. Uh, there's not much to tell. Mama lived with several drug addicts and drug dealers. And I've, yeah, there's, there's nothing cool without Jesus. Are you getting one of that? There's nothing cool, nothing hip without Jesus. It's just sorrows. So my life started when Jesus came into the picture. My daddy was a full-blown gangster in every way, in and out of prison, and boxed a lot, and, and uh, yeah, raised me with his fists, and, and uh, there was a lot of dysfunctions around that. But I, I, I must brag a little bit about my parents before I go into this. Mama is a Jesus lady today. She is a Jesus lady. She comes with me to the festivals in Africa, and, you know, we have no chairs People stand for hours, tens of thousands of people. Mama always goes in and says, I want my chair. <laughs> I gave birth to the preacher out there. Give me my chair. <laughs> she is as ghetto as ghetto gets still. <laughs> want my chair. Then they ha someone has to go to a restaurant and, you know, rent a chair for mama. I always have to tell her, behave. Hey, you shut up. I gave birth to you. Give me my chair. And, uh, yeah, but I'm so happy she's a Jesus lady today, follows me around and helps me preach the gospel. My, my daddy, I buried him five years ago, uh, but I buried a teddy bear of a man, full of love, full of Jesus. And that was so wonderful. Uh, we were out hunting a lot together, you know. It's, it's strange with me. I relax when I kill I don't know what that is. It's a little sick, I know. 
I know, but I, but I stand in the, in the ministry of life all the time, so I need to kill a little bit when I'm off. Uh, so, but we couldn't have daddy around the forest or around hunting after he had received Jesus. Because all he wanted to do was to hear miracle stories from Africa. Tell me another miracle story, son. And I said, daddy, we came to shoot. We came to, no, and he wanted to sit around the campfire. So Jesus can transform, isn't it? I could keep on going. My devil, uh, my, my, my devil, <laughs> my little sister was a devil worshiper for many years, but was set free by Jesus. And I could keep on telling you my story. So I've come to you with an amazing message that I've preached for 28 years all over the world. And today I've written down for this uh, third service this Easter weekend, the greatest victory ever. Yeah. Isn't that what we celebrate today? So let's open up our Bibles. If you have a Bible, open it up to the book of Acts, chapter 2. We're getting in there to the first sermon ever preached um, after Jesus' death and resurrection. And this was Peter, uh, one of the disciples who, who also uh, uh, led the first church in Jerusalem. And he preached on what we call the day of Pentecost, this message. And he kind of summarized the gospel message to us from Acts chapter 2, verse 22 to 24. Are you with me? Men of Israel, Peter said, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. In the first verse here, we meet with the miracle man from Nazareth. It's Jesus, right? The water walker, the one that raised the dead, the one that healed the sick, cast out demons and transformed water into wine, which is not a big deal in my life. He transformed beers into furniture. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right? Verse 23. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And Peter says, by the help of wicked men, you put him to death by nailing him to the cross. And uh, if, if the first point in Peter's sermon is the miracle man, the second point is he was crucified. And that's why we celebrate Easter, isn't it? Uh, and he was, he, was, he was being crucified by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And verse 24 says, but God raised him from the dead. And that's why we are celebrating Easter Sunday. Freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Isn't that fantastic? This is the gospel. The miracle man, the crucified, and the resurrected one. All right. Uh, many years ago... Yeah, I was, uh, and I've been invited many, many times to represent Christian faith. And uh, one time I was uh, part of a very interesting bouquet of people that were to discuss faith. He was a Muslim, uh, an Imam, um, and it was a Hindu guru. Are you with me? And as a guy that represented an animistic kind of faith. And it was me, the Christian. All right? And we talked, and they all told about their different pilgrimages and their spiritual experiences. The Muslim told a story about his pilgrimage to Mecca. 
How he had walked around the Kaaba stone and kissed it and visited beautiful buildings and mosques. And, and the Hindu went on and told about when he had been to the Ganges River, the Holy Ganges, the life itself, where he had been having a cleansing bath. And the animists started telling about his, uh, his ancestor's grave and how much energy it was around that grave and how beautiful that grave was. And, and then they came to me. Or I'm going to say a few words about my faith. And I said, well, uh, we have a grave too in our faith. But it is kind of empty. There's no one there. Uh, and maybe that's all I'm going to say. I don't believe in a dead religion founder. I don't believe in pilgrimages for your salvation. I don't believe in holy water for your salvation. I believe you need to meet with a resurrected Jesus Christ, the God that is alive, and have an encounter with him and meet him. My story goes that I came to Teen Challenge. Some of you may know what that is. Some may not. It was a rehab center. I was 19 going on 20. Grew up the way I just told you. I had 22 addresses before I turned 18. So that you get something of it. Uh, the rejected boy with two plastic bags going from grandma to aunt to uncle to foster care. Uh, and uh, yeah, went through a lot of stuff that we, you shouldn't mention from a platform. Um, a lot of stuff. Being beaten and locked off and molested and I don't know, I went through a lot of stuff. But when I was 12, 13 years old, I started to fight back. And went into some very dark, dark years. And I ended up a teen challenge with a long knife under my pillow that they took from me. They said normal people don't sleep with a knife under the pillow. I slept with that knife and was ready to defend my life. And, and they gave me a Bible. And they started to explain the gospel to me. And they said that I could encounter Jesus. Meet with Jesus. Well, it took a little time, but finally, Jesus met with me, touched me, changed me, transformed me. And I will tell you more about that. But um, here's the full story. We don't believe in a dead religion founder. We don't believe in a Christian culture. I know I'm coming into America. This is uh, supposed to be a church culture. Uh, and I told the story in the first service, I probably have to tell you too. I met this American at an airport and I asked him, are you a Christian? And he said, hey, I'm an American. And I said, wow. I had no idea that citizenship was a ticket to heaven. Wow. Uh, so you're a Christian. Well, I'm not a Muslim. Okay, so what kind of a Christian are you? I said, I'm a... I'm a non-practicing Catholic. I said, wow, me too. Me too, are you? Yeah, I'm also a non-practicing Catholic and a non-practicing Jehovah's Witnesses and a non-practicing Mormon. And he started, what I just said was, yeah, he was stupid, I said. How much pot did you smoke yesterday? Huh? Christian man. And sometimes in America, I've come across this, and I'd say not just in America, in Sub-Sahara sub Africa too, in church cultures. 
that you think just because you walk in and out of churches, just because you, you are around the Bible and you can quote a scripture or, you know, a nice hymn, you think that is to be a Christian. It's not. Are you here? We don't have a culture. We don't relate to a culture or to a certain way. No, no, no. We believe in a living, resurrected Jesus Christ. Isn't it? So, it's a lot to be said about that. But I have met some people, they go to church, they've gone to church their whole life. They are narrow-minded, judgmental, hypocritical. Some of the meanest people around. What is that? That is because they've never encountered the resurrected Jesus. They've never met him themselves. They are relating to grandmama's faith or, you know, to the denomination they belong to or a bishop or a pope. But you need to meet with Jesus in order for you to call yourself a Christian, a follower of him. All right. In 1945, you guys came to rescue us in Europe. How many of you know your history? I am an Austrian. So we were under the Nazi occupation. And you came to rescue us. You, you always fought our battles. Come in and done the dirty work and helped us. Thank you for that. Huh? Uh, and uh, I like the American spirit in that way. Let's go save the world. and Change the world. But uh, you came in and war was over in May of 1945. You know, 55 to 60 million people had died. And Berlin... The German capital was in ruins. There was nothing left. And they had no postal service that worked. Uh, so they sent boys out uh, with a newspaper that said on the front page, the war is over. And they ran around shouting, the war is over, the war is over. And that's kind of a provoking message when you've been living in basements, huh? eating horses and rats. For the last years. And people have been killed and raped and molested. And, and here are these boys running around. So they, the story goes that one of those newspaper boys is captured by an old man that lays him over his lap. And you know, gives him, an, what do you say in American English, an ass whooping. Huh? <laughs> uh, you're not allowed to say ass in church, is that it? It's actually, it's actually a biblical word. It's the old word for donkey. Come on, somebody. <laughs> anyhow, so gave him an, a donkey whooping. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow. So, so, the story goes they were so angry with this newspaper boy for telling the truth. And I say sometimes when I preach the gospel that religious people get us angry. Because they want to have the credit. But I'm here to tell you. The war is over. Who knows, maybe I will have a, a whooping out here by someone that wants to say, no, it's not as simple as that. Yes, it is. Jesus said on the cross of Calvary, John's Gospel 19, verse 30, it is finished. On the cross of Calvary, he defeated the devil. It is finished. The war is over. So when we fight our battles, it's a little bit different. We need to hold on to our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ and know that it will turn out all right. All right. How many of you have seen a, um, 
Many of you have seen a, a puppy chase its own tail. Come on. Does that exist in southern Pennsylvania? I sat at a street corner in Africa not so long ago and had such an amusing time. Watch this little puppy chasing its own tail. And every time it bit into its own tail, it wondered what is happening to me. Chase the tail again and then bite it and then that hurts. And it's funny. But Christians are like that. You know that? They chase, they strive for something that they have already received. That already belongs to you. The gospel belongs to you. Christ did not just die for churchgoers. He died for Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists and animists. Isn't it? For humanists and atheists and Baptists and bicyclists. Isn't it? He died for everyone. So the gospel belongs to you. You don't need to chase it. It belongs to you. We're going to read another scripture now quick from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 to 21. It says like this. But as surely as God is faithful, Paul says, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him there has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Isn't this amazing? So what is this saying? It is saying that when Jesus came and died for us. All the promises that God had ever made. Throughout the scriptures. Throughout the Bible. He said yes to on the cross of Calvary. In his blood. In his agony. In his suffering there. He shouted yes it is finished. So God makes a promise. Jesus says yes. But in order for you to cash it. Get it. You have to agree with Jesus' yes and God's promise. And say your amen. Isn't that what you say in American church? Amen. Come on. The church I'm trying to pastor back home in Stockholm. We got so many first generation Christians. They shout their amen and hallelujah at the wrong place all the time. You know? Amen. Yeah. It's a perfect example, actually. It shouldn't be there. But when God has made a promise and Jesus has said, yes, you align yourself with that and say your amen and cash it. That's salvation. That's the faith we need to align ourselves with God's promise and Jesus' finished work on the cross of Calvary. Then we don't have to chase around like the puppy after its tail. It belongs to us. We cash it and we receive it. When I was a child, my daddy killed a snake in the backyard of our house. I tell this story. I've told it all over Africa over the years. We were so curious about that snake. It was a poisonous snake. So me and my brother went up and we looked at it. My father had it on a garden tool. And we could see the head was smashed. It was 
amazing to look at this snake. And daddy said, you can touch it. And we touched it. And, and then he carried it out in the forest and threw it on the top of an anthill. Is that what you call it? And he, when he threw it on the top of the anthill, all the little ants were attacking the snake. When they did, something scary happened. The snake resurrected. At least we thought so. Because it started making a break dance on top of the anthill. A back spin and a head spin and went crazy. All over. And we ran because we were afraid of the snake that was now resurrected. That had come to, to live again. My daddy laughed. You know, after he finished his boxing career... For eight years of boxing, he had grown a big belly. I remember he looked like Santa Claus. The belly was jumping up and down when he left. Come back, boys. Don't be afraid. The snake is dead. We couldn't believe it. We saw the snake was moving. We saw the tail was still going. Come back. The snake is dead. I've come to tell you. Here in southern Pennsylvania, Gettysburg region. That no matter what your experience is right now, it is just a tale going. Whatever you go through in your life right now, anxiety, are you hearing me? Sickness, relationship issues, suicidal thoughts. I'm here to tell you, Jesus on the cross of Calvary crushed the head of the snake and the serpent. Defeated the devil. We learned that day, me and my brother, that a snake could move, make things like this, even though it was already dead. And I like to tell you this, that the devil is doomed. He is defeated. He has been triumphantly won over by Jesus on the cross of Calvary and by his resurrection. And whatever you feel in your chest and whatever you are going through, it is just a tale going. And that tale will soon stop because Jesus has won the victory. Isn't this a deliberating, amazing message that we have? The greatest victory ever. And all mankind needs to do is to put its faith and its trust in this Jesus. Wow. I've seen many miracles over the years. If I start now, I may not be able to stop. I'm telling you. We could have a night here where I sit on a chair and you sit here for five hours and I would just tell you miracles. I've been traveling throughout Africa for, for soon three decades and just seen the miraculous. I never forget when this ex-Muslim guy had been dragged after a car in a car accident and, lo and, 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 and lost half his face. Eyebrow, eye, cheek. Against the asphalt after a call. Well, he gave his life to Jesus. But as this is his own words, he looked like a freak. And no girl dared to go out on a date with him and he wanted to get married. So he came to his pastor, a good friend of mine, and said, Pastor, pray for me. And I love an African prayer. Josie, don't we? They don't beat around the bush. It goes something like this. Father... Make this ugly man not look this ugly anymore. <laughs> Amen. 
In Jesus' name, amen. I love when you are allowed to tell it like it is. And that's what we do in Africa. He was suffering. He was a freak show. He was in, in, in total pain because no one wanted to go out with him. The next day after this prayer, he stood in front of the mirror and was to shave, you know, half of the face that he had. When he sees, it's like a white jelly ball sitting on the skin. He presses it in and it comes out. Can't remove it, it's there. The next day when he's in front of the mirror, there's a brown blemish. And after a couple of weeks, there is a perfect eye. The eyebrow comes back. The cheek grows back. Today he shaves both cheeks. Today he looks perfect like there was never an accident. And Wilfred, Pastor Wilfred, my friend in Mombasa, Kenya, he says, and today he is married to a gorgeous looking girl. Isn't it wonderful? Hallelujah. Why are you telling us that? Because this is the greatest victory ever. And it doesn't just include your salvation, your forgiveness. It includes restoration, dignity in every area of your life. Healing, both physically and to the soul. Mentally, what is disturbed will be right again. I was in and out, in and out with the shrinks when I grew up. They had all kinds of diagnoses put on my life. But what no shrink could solve, are you hearing me? No pills could solve. No lawyer could fix. Jesus did. By erasing my sins. By filling me with his Holy Spirit. By changing my very character. I'm a bold gospel preacher. Because I know what he can do. What no institution can do for you, Jesus can do for you. You're saying, hey, who are you? Well... I'm a gospel preacher. Who are you? You hearing me? I believe. That even if it's a good lawyer, a good shrink, a good doctor, none of them can erase sins. Only God erases sins. Yes, we can receive help from humans in a way. A bit. But a true salvation and restoration and redemption... Only Jesus has provided for us. That's why I'm here to tell you the war is over. Stop chasing your tail. It is yours. What do you do when you are attacked? When you are under attack and you have this amazing message. Well, I always tell the story about the airplane pilot that had rats in his cockpit. Have you heard about him? He flew one of those, was it B-51 or B-52, you know, during World War II. And he was fighting the Japs over the Pacific. This is an American story. You should know this story. And uh, there were rats in the cockpit. And they were chewing on the cables, trying to get out. They had come in in the hangar overnight. And he's calling base and saying, hey, I got rats in my plane. Three big rats. What do I do? I will crash. And they realized this was serious. Of course he was going to crash because these rats were determined to get out. But there was an old airplane pilot that had gone through this before. And he told him that, uh, hey, 
Don't focus on the rats. Lift the nose of the plane. And fly as high as you can. Fly towards the sun. Fly high. Just do that. And he did. Trying not to focus on the rats. Lifting the nose of the plane. Flying as high as he could. And they asked him, what about your rats? Well, they have stopped chewing. They are looking at me. They look, of kind, they look dizzy. One of them has fallen over now. One of them is rattling. Are you here? What happened to them? They choked. Because there was not enough oxygen for them to breathe. And you see, listen. What do you do when you got rats in your cockpit? What do you do when life is messy? Well, don't focus in on the mess and the rats. Lift your nose. Worship Jesus. Celebrate his victory. Lift up the nose of your plane. Because when you fly high, are you hearing me? It is toxic to the devil and the demons. And they will tip over and die. In the presence of the Holy Spirit, we can beat everything. Because in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we see the victory of Jesus Christ and the one he has provided for us. Well, I've seen amazing things. Jesus has resurrection power. God resurrected him. A friend of mine, actually many of them by now, but a friend of mine during Easter had a dead boy thrown into his house. This is one of my friends. This is just a story from Africa, from where I work. The boy had been run over by a car. And they threw him on the bed and say, Preacher, pray, do something. And he prayed for a long time, he said, on his knees next to that bed where the boy laying on the bed. But then finally he got desperate. And he claimed the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. He claimed the Easter message. And when he did, the boy sat up perfectly back to life, given back to his parents. I believe everything is possible for Jesus Christ. There's no difference between Africa and America. There's one gospel. There's no difference between Europe and Latin America. There's one Jesus. There's one cross. There's one resurrection. One death. One blood. One resurrection. Everything is possible when you choose to believe. I know some of you followed a friend here or a mama here or a girlfriend here because it's Easter. You did a good choice. A very good choice. Because you did not come here to hear how to become Christian by doing the right stuff. No, you came here to hear that you need to meet the resurrected Jesus. Your confessions, are you hearing me now? Your, your um, hypocritical act is worth nothing. Will change nothing. Will transform nothing. We don't want it. You don't want it. No one wants it. God doesn't want it. We want your heart to connect. We want you to say, I believe. He's my savior. His blood can cleanse me. His resurrection power can change and transform me.
I'm radical in this thing because I've seen it in my own life. When I prayed my salvation prayer, I lost everyone. First family and relatives and friends. But I stood my ground and they saw the change and the transformation. And today I'm the priest of the entire family. Today every old friend is calling to hear miracle stories or have prayers. You stand your ground. I said in the first service, and I'd like to say now too, that I partied with Americans before I came to Christ. They were always, always the loudest in the room. Hello. So you can play it nice in church, but I know who you are. I was around you before I met you in church. And I always loved that about the Americans. They were... They had such a confidence about themselves. They, were, they, could, they could have a speech no, no, so easy. And especially after three glasses of wine, everyone can have a speech. But I remember them. And I remember this boldness that came across. The funny thing is that many times when we come into church, it goes away. It should be the other way around. Because it's here we are becoming bold. Are you hearing me? You sing in your national anthem, don't you? That we are the home of the free and the brave. And I really believe that. I believe this is an amazing nation that is fighting battles all over the world. With an amazing people. But you see, you got to be free to make your own decisions. you got to be brave to stand on yourself. You couldn't care less about what a girlfriend thinks or a boyfriend thinks when you're making a decision for Jesus, isn't it? Because you're free, you're brave, you're an individual. You do what you want. And we need adults here today. When we are going in to conclude and finish this message, we need adults. We need free, brave people that don't care about what other people might say or think. Let's stand up on our feet, let's... Invite the worship team up here on stage. We're going to pray. And I'm going to make some invitations. And listen up, friends. If you've never been around me, I'm always saying like this. You don't need to share my faith to respect my faith. How many of you understand what I'm saying? I am with Muslims, with Hindus. I am with animists. I am a missionary. And you see, I always respect their faith even if I don't share it. So I will not allow anyone to disrespect my faith here today. We are on holy ground. And even if you don't share my faith, you were just polite to come along with a relative or a family member or a working colleague. Listen, right now I want all of you to show reverence and respect. Because we believe God is in this room. The next couple of minutes we believe the Holy Spirit is going to perform miracles, signs and wonders and transformation. So I want all of you to lift up your faces like this. If you share my faith or not, if you call yourself a Hindu or a Muslim or a humanist or a Christian, just lift up your face and close your eyes and just stand there in reverence and respect. And I'm going to pray for all of you. Father, I pray for every man and woman in this place. I pray that your Holy Spirit 
will fill this place right now. And I pray that they will see Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead with their inner eyes. Show them Jesus, His love, His eyes, His nail-marked hands. Show them the empty grave and the empty cross. Show each and every one Jesus. I want to make an invitation right now. When I prayed my salvation prayer, I had no idea it would change everything. I left an empty way of life that had been handed down to me by my forefathers, by my relatives in Austria. I left it to live an amazing, adventurous life together with God and Jesus. I want all of you to lift up your faces, close your eyes and see Jesus and no one but Jesus standing in front of that empty grave, standing in front of that empty cross. Now be free, be brave, be an adult, make your own decision. My first invitation is this one. If you want to come to Jesus for the first time in your life ever and say, I believe you died for me. I believe you rose for me. Forgive me my sins. This is your day. If you want to rededicate your life, you want to say, Jesus, I've been away from you, but I want you to cleanse me and wash me and make everything new. This is your day. This Easter Sunday, April the 21st, 2019, will be a holy birthday. A holy rededication day for so many. Lift up your face, close your eyes, stand in front of God. And now you don't care about other people. You make your own decision, free and brave. As an American, as the one you are. I'm counting to three, and when I've counted to three, you that wants to pray this prayer, forgive me my sin, fill me with your Holy Spirit. You want to pray a salvation prayer or rededicate your life. You are shooting up your hand in the air, giving me a sign when I've counted to three. They're already hands up. People are eager here. But I will count to three. And when I've counted to three, you take the boldness you have and you shoot up your hand and you say, I want to pray this prayer today. One, two, make that hand ready. One, two, three, shoot it up. Lift it high up. Hands are coming up everywhere everywhere hold them up high and don't hesitate no hesitation no shame no thinking what will he say or she say or what about her and him you know it's not about you are free you are brave you're an adult this is your decision and you are going to be washed you're going to be cleansed you're going to be changed and transformed so many hands are up in there. Hold them up there. Don't take them down. Hold them up there to Jesus. Hold them up there to Jesus. Is, is, there, is there someone else that wants to join me right now? Your heart is beating and you would like to lift that hand. Lift that hand right now and join me. Yes, there's another one and another one. Lift them high to Jesus. Wherever you are standing, now take a bold step. Don't care about what other people might say or think. Come out from your place and stand with me around this platform right here around this stage here come out from where you are and join me up here just stand around here we're going to pray together come come right now just run up here stand here yes you couldn't care you couldn't care what other people might say or think come up here run up here from everywhere from yes you are free you are brave this is your decision
We will never ever forget this Easter Sunday, will we? No. Because we are coming to Jesus this Sunday. We're not coming to a pope or a bishop or a denomination. We're coming to Jesus. We're not coming so that you will inherit a culture. We are coming so that you will inherit salvation. Are you hearing me? Look at me. Look at me, you precious people that came here. Look at me. It's a privilege for this European today to lead you, bold, brave Americans, in this prayer. It's a privilege. And uh, I'm just going to make one more call and then we're going to pray. Okay, just one more call. You might be standing out here today. You lifted your hand or you wanted to lift your hand. Maybe you lifted it or you wanted to, but you don't dare to come to the front. So now I will give a little beautiful push just because I care for you and I love you. So I want each and every one to turn around to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, not with a laughter, but very respectful, do you need to walk up front? Because if you need to walk up front, then you don't dare to. I will take you by the hand and I will follow you up there. And we're going to pray this prayer together. All right? Turn to your neighbor. Just ask your neighbor, do you need to walk up front? Because if you need to and you don't dare to, we walk together. And then you take someone, you take a friend, you take a relative, you take a working colleague by the hand, and you lead them up front. I'm still waiting for a few people that needs to be with us. Hell yeah, look at that. Here they come. Give them a hand when they come. Wonderful. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. Come close. Come close. Come close here. Come up here. There's more room here. hot, huh? It, it, it is a price to look cool, you know. I'm, I'm glad we are done. Huh? Lift up your hands like this. Lift up your faces. In front of you, there is no man. When you close your eyes now, I want you to see the resurrected Jesus. My task is just to lead you to Him. So when you lift up your hands like this, you are going to receive salvation grace, the free gift of forgiveness. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you. The Holy Spirit will fill you. Hold out your hands like this. Lift up your face. Close your eyes and see Jesus. See Him with your inner eyes. The resurrected one. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Look at Him. Now we're going to pray together and I want everyone in the church to really help me pray this prayer in one big chorus. Can we do that? With no hesitation. With not, we're not holding back. Let's make the devil run and the angels dance. Okay? Let's pray this prayer with boldness. Let's pray like this. Let's say, Father God, I believe in your son, Jesus Christ. Everyone shout it out. Say, I believe in the cross, in the blood in the tears, in the sweat, in the agony, in the pain of Jesus Christ. You did it for me. Tell him you did it for me. You died for me. You resurrected for me. You won the victory over the devil, 
over evil, over sin. I believe in you with all of my heart and I'm coming to you. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me in your blood. Wash me right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I am your disciple. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. I will follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. Thank you, Jesus, for changing everything in me today. Lift up both hands like this. And say, April 21. Or is it April 21st? What do you say? April 21st. Okay, let's say it. April 21st, 2019. My birthday. My rededication day. I'm coming to you. Now put those hands on your chest. Right now the miracle is happening. The miracle is happening right now. The blood is cleansing you. The Holy Spirit comes to you to live in you. You become the temple of His Spirit. He saves you. He washes you. He makes you brand new. He makes you a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. Put your hands on your chest. Lift up your face. Lift up your face. Your chest is being filled with the Holy Spirit. You're experiencing what Jesus called the new birth. The rebirth. The second birth. He talked to Nicodemus said, that's what needs to happen to us. The Spirit gives birth right now. The Spirit gives life. Put your hands in your chest. Now pray your own prayers to Jesus. Lift up your, your voice. Don't be ashamed and pray your own prayers to Jesus. Put your hands on your chest and pray your own prayers. Pray your own prayers to Jesus. It doesn't have to be a nice poem or it doesn't have to be a nice Christian wording. You just pray from your heart. He listens to honest cussings rather than to hypocritical hallelujahs and spiritual wordings that means nothing. Talk to Him. Help me. Say, help me. Change me. I need you. You're mine. We will never forget this day because now when you're reaching out to Jesus, He's transforming you and changing you. Talk to Him. Open up your mouth. Talk to Him. Father, I thank you for what you are doing in all these precious lives today. I thank you for salvation. I thank you that I will come back here a year from now or 10 years from now and I will hear the stories. I will hear how they were transformed and changed by you and what you've done in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Can we give all these precious people one big hand and celebrate their birthday? And so are you. God bless you. Come on. Look at me, look at me, look at me. If I could now, I would jump down and give all of you a hug, okay? And, and do what we do in Europe, but you Americans would be afraid. I will kiss you in both cheeks. Some of you guys don't like that here in America. We, we do a lot of kissing in Europe. But I, I'd like to hug you, kiss you, and tell you, You've made the best decision ever. And I'm going to come back. All right? It's a promise. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll be back. <laughs> and then we are going to eat a steak together, whatever we eat, right? 
and you tell me what Jesus has done in your life. It's going to be fantastic. Fantastic to hear that. I'm so privileged to be here on this Sunday. It is worth flying over the Atlantic to pray with you this Sunday. So wonderful. They are handing out cards now here. It's not because they, they want your kidney or your liver. No, they just want to take care of you and make sure you cared for next week and the week after that. And so fill in that card because they love you and want to take care of you. So fill that coin. Is this a, is this a wonderful Easter? Huh? It's a wonderful Easter. Thank you, Candice, for inviting me. Thank you for allowing me to come. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I-N-N. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. are dancing right now. I think they're dancing salsa. Was that okay, bro? <laughs> All right. Or is it bachata? I think it is bachata. How is the bachata going? Something like that. I think the angels are dancing right now, rejoicing in heaven because of what is happening here. This is wonderful. We will never ever forget this Sunday. I will make one more invitation and then I will be out there at the book table talking to people, praying for people, signing books. But uh, Josie and Suzette, come up here, come up here, just come up here and stand here. Josie and Suzette came with me from Pittsburgh. They work at our office there. We are going to make an invitation today for those that wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. In the first service we prayed for the sick, but now we're going to pray for baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know what that is, let me explain it to you. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. He breathes His Spirit into you. But John the Baptist says in all four Gospels that the one that would come after him, Jesus, he would baptize in Holy Spirit and fire. And that means that Jesus has a a lava stream, a river of liquid fire that He wants to put us down into to clothe us in power clothes to do the Great Commission, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. And then there are all the spiritual gifts of prophesying and speaking in tongues and all these things that may be strange to some of you right now. But the Bible has amazing gifts that He wants us to know about okay and when we are being baptized in the holy spirit we are being dressed by jesus in his fiery clothes shoes of fire hat of fire gloves of fire to go out and do the great commission live bold for jesus be able to resist temptations i always say baptism in the holy spirit is the strongest rehab that there is changes our lives changes everything about us our minds and our thinking and renews us and changes us when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit I couldn't continue to lie you say that's a miracle it was a miracle I'd been lying about everything from the age of three four 
until I received baptism in the Holy Spirit. I couldn't lie anymore. Addictions were broken in my life through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All kinds of stuff. I could walk away from a fight. Are you here? I didn't have to comfort myself with, you know, all kinds of wild stuff. I had now something else in my life. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is fantastic. If you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, Suzette is going to teach a little bit extra and we're going to pray for you, okay? How many are here today? You speak in tongues. You, you know you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have ex- Can you wave at me if, you, if that's you? You, you know you but yeah how many of you would love to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and experience the gift of speaking in tongues and prophecy and power come on wave with your hand many many people here many people wave with your hand can can we gather somewhere where, where do we go yeah follow this little woman here once she gets down from stage it would be hard to see her okay Josie and said, hold up your hands. Follow Josie and said, they are taking you to a room where we are going to teach on baptism in the Holy Spirit and pray for you. So if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, follow them right now. Hold up your hand. Follow them right now. Go with them right now. And you will have a little class about baptism in the Holy Spirit. And they will lay hands upon you and pray for you. And you will just follow them. Just follow them. Look at that. Wonderful. All of you that wants to experience baptism in the Holy Spirit, and in fire follow them yeah just come out from where you are and follow them they are going to another room to pray for them candace aaron thank you i love you this is amazing i'm so glad for the friendship with freedom valley thank you guys thank you